Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the colds and flus that happen between them. Which, thankfully, I guess isn't the con crud. Yeah, that's true, because that's usually like a kind of severe yeah, thing. That, that milieu of all the germs that everyone brought that hits you all at once. Yeah. And it's not that. You, you didn't get sick until we've been home now for almost a week. Yeah, but I also have this ongoing, haven't got rid of it, uh, snot problem. The, the perpetual uh, low-grade drain on your immune system that hasn't gone away for a couple months now. Yeah. But even so, even with the sick, we were still getting ready to go to Galley. We were. And it's always a good thing that we have plan A, B, C, D... E, F. We were getting ready to be on like plans P, Q, and R by the time we by the time we left. It seemed like it anyway. The flu epidemic in the U.S. I I don't know outside of the U.S. I haven't paid much attention even to the U.S. part, but it's so prevalent that I do know about it. Right. And that has been perpetually attacking almost everybody we know that would be in plans A, B. <laughs> See, it is true. Uh, so that that's definitely a, a part of what was going on because mm-hmm. Grandma was down for the count, and she has been almost all year since. She has her her immune system and her everything system has taken a hit after losing her husband. Yeah, grief is a the hard thing on your immune system. It is. And my aunt uh, has had milder versions of. The similar things Mm -hmm. that she was supposed to help grandma. She went to urgent care once or twice and grandma went to urgent care two or three times. Yeah. I I had to take one morning. She called me and said, are you at work? I said, no, I'm about to go there. Can you take me to urgent care? She calls it rapid care. (laughs) Um, So I dropped her off there and I went to work and found somebody else to give her a ride back. But she didn't call them then. She walked home. But see, from her house, it's it's only like two blocks from her house. But if she's too sick to get there. But on the way home, it was downhill. And she found out she didn't have a terrible germ. She needed some cough, those little pearls Uh and um, something else. But she didn't have like a need for an antibiotic. So I think that made her feel better too. And so she did walk home. Well, that's good. In the meantime, the person I had set up to give her a ride was like, where the hell's your aunt? Oh. (laughs) She escaped. Yeah, there's that. Yeah, she does that. You know. So yeah, grandma and my aunt were not available for that. And then the house and dog sitter, who is also the overnight child sitter, Yes. Is my work wife, mm-hmm. who has a hobby of watching dogs and cats and horses and get ducks and whatever you got. This this is a thing she does as a side business. Yeah. Keeps her out of trouble, or it should anyway. <laughs> uh, I'll tell her that when I see her tomorrow. Yeah. She has had concerns. Her father's very old, uh-huh. like close to 100. Right. And been ill and didn't know she'd have to leave town. And then the boy was going to go to his mother's and then he was already there, which is a whole nother thing. Yeah, but the reason that I had said that the kids should stay home was because I didn't realize that she was coming into town when we first started making these plans in like November, December. Right. And I was thinking that there would be one boy here and he's easier to manage if there are other children here. And so I said, you know, we need to keep all three of them here until that Friday. Right. And the other thing is that their dad is not close to their school. He's across town. And he's questionably reliable. So getting those two to school, if they stay there. 
Yeah. So then we ended up with the boy would go, was staying at his mother's because she was here. Number two. And the other two kids could stay at their dad's an extra night. And so you said, so we only need somebody here the one night with the kids. And I said, what about Bob? Yeah, I tend to forget about Bob. This is why I shouldn't have pets. I've told you this before. I respect right. animals too much to subject them to my level of care. Yes. <laughs> you know, I, uh-huh. I yeah, it's it's not good. But like even number zero child who had originally said that they would be around has a new girlfriend and is not around. At all. Ever. Like they moved in. They they have the instant move in thing with the girlfriend. They, yeah. They they have that. They're known for this. To merge We're thing. not saying anything new. Yes. You know, I mean, this is stereotypically female assigned attracted to female behavior. But in this case, this kid has a serious like triple dose of it. Well, I've. I've recently come to a realization, you think I would have, I don't know, 12 or 13 years ago, that the child does this because, uh, it's my opinion. Yes. Because of foster care. In foster care, before before she came to us, she moved a lot. And you picked up and you moved and then you were there. And it wasn't a big deal. And, and that's what I often see her do with girlfriends. But that's just my opinion. And But it helped me to, to realize that that was probably part of it because I was like, why can't I convince you not to... Stay there the whole time as soon as you've been together two weeks or a month or whatever. Yeah. So, but if we had asked Zero Child to please come home and watch Bob, they would have done that. I thought we did. Like way back in, way back in the fall, will you be one of our backup plans? We, they agreed to a backup plan, but then when it comes closer, you have to say, hey, this is where the like people would expect a female bodied child to remember things that involve other people's care. But then we, we know we've had this discussion that our numerous child, times. Our child is not gender conforming that way. They are a they. And so we know better than expect that. And other people would say, oh, it's like with a guy and you have to tell him again. Well, whatever. The fact of the matter is if we had asked again and said, hey, these other plans aren't working out. We need you for this. They would have done it. Right. So that's, you know, that was one of our backup plans. So anyhow... Then I realized that I had scheduled us a flight early in the morning, which I didn't even remember doing that or why. And and you were probably going to grading papers all day, and I wasn't sure if I should change that flight. And it was I, better that we that we left when we did. I mean, it worked out. The it did. My work wife came and gave us a ride to the airport, and then stayed here with children. And because of our new work schedule, that's also been part of the need for a lot of changes in our plans. I have a new work schedule. You do. You used to work. Uh, something like a nine to five and you would come home around dinner time and have the evening with us. But due to the nature of your job and the nature of government service, never you government offices often work nine to five, but they don't provide services nine to five. They provide services whenever they're needed. You have a sewer line break. They're going to send the the repairman out whatever time of day it is. Yes. To make less damage. There's a crisis, they're going to send the crisis response people out whatever time it's needed. And you work in mental health and sometimes mental health has crises. Yeah. So I have a new work schedule and it's it's not entirely different than I, it was. I mean, I did work a couple nights. However, what is different is I work more late times and I don't have a flexibility for, for instance, before, if I knew I was leaving town Wednesday morning at early o'clock, 
you could reschedule appointments out of the late time of the week and put them into the earlier time of the week and have more flexibility that way to right. write your own schedule. Right. Instead of working 10 hours on Tuesday night, I would work morning to late afternoon. And that's, I don't have that flexibility. My schedule is now these times and only these times that I've been given. Right. And it's it's made a little bit of stress as we're adapting, but we are starting to adapt. And my concern at first was that you would miss out on time with the kids. But then I realized you don't have to go into work if you're working later in the day. You're also not going in until later. So you can have all that morning time that we used to be dropping them off at the kids club in the morning. Yeah. You can have that two or three hours to connect with them then. Yes. Or to ask them if they are really getting ready. <laughs> To, to play a game of exploding kittens with them, or babies versus bears, or to go over homework with them, or... Yeah, or to whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So so it, it's working out, but it was, again, it was just one more of those stressors that made the process of getting ready more of a challenge. Well, yeah, because it happened right, like, right before we were ready to leave, like the week before. They're like, oh, now your new schedule starts. And not only that, but they also plop trainings into the middle of your week, that were not uh, on your regularly assigned schedule, so you had to adapt to a different, different schedule. Yeah, that was there was that too, and, <laughs> and they were surprised when the end of the week came, and I said, "Hey, what do you wanted me to do?" You said no overtime, but I'm scheduled for tomorrow. But I already worked on the day you told me not to work, and they're like, "Oh, like this is a surprise." But whatever, we're, nobody's surprised that the government is making choices <laughs> that they have not clearly thought through. Nobody is surprised by this, except the government. Fair. Yeah. So anyhow. So I personal question now, like, are they treating you differently in this situation than they're treating any of your female colleagues? Are you seeing a gender disparity in the way that that transition was handled? Because I know that you were talking before about when they were first trying to design these schedules, that the people with kids were getting semi pseudo preferential pick because they had these other responsibilities, but then there was concern that there was concern on their part that they needed it, and there was concern on other people's parts who don't have kids that that was unfair. And they would expect females to take off the time for their kids, but they didn't seem to have the same expectation of you or any other paternal type people. Correct. And they also wanted the female perceived people to still adapt to the needs of the crew. So I, you know, I knew already that uh, I was going to end up working, let's say, at least till seven or eight. And to me, if I have to work till seven or eight anyway, why not work till nine and have that extra time in the morning? Right. So, and that takes some of the pressure off of those parents, one in particular who doesn't have um, the option to work those nights. Like, right. So anyhow... I'm I'm not sure. I, I mean, I'm not thinking so clear with all the snot in my head. So no, you do have the cold. Mm-hmm. But yeah, either way, that was that was an adventure that we were trying to navigate while we're trying to get ready for leaving town. Yes, with my old schedule, I would have not taken as many hours off that week. But because of the new schedule, and I didn't have the flexibility to mold work time in, which would have actually been helpful because I could have gotten some work done first, but whatever. <laughs> Getting work done at work. They, I guess I don't want, you know, Come on. I just kind of got tired of trying to... As a fellow government employee, admittedly in a different field, we all know the feeling of being too busy doing our job to get our job done. So there you have that. And then, and then off we went. And so then... And it was really good because we got to do some extra preparation work for the con that was in good weather and away from the rest of our 
stressors here, whether it be my work schedule or other things that go on. Yeah. So that was good. It was. I was glad in the long run that we did leave early in the morning and just head on our way and have other things to do. Yes. We, we kind of needed an escape from here at that point. Things have been stressful in other ways as well that we'll probably discuss in a couple more weeks once things have settled down. But you said that's hopeful. A couple <laughs> more weeks. I know. But in having your work wife stay with the kids and the pet, pets were number zeros, cats here too. They were. And and she did spend some time with the cats because they make cat noises and say, come pet us or whatever yes. they're saying. I don't well, know. that's nice. But yeah. But because she was coming and because you didn't want to feel like you were inviting her to do you a favor in a sloppy house, you spent quite a bit of time cleaning. That's and what I did, yeah. That is what you did. And I helped as much as I was able and the kids pitched in as much as they were Instructed. Instructed. <laughs> I wasn't going to say able. I was trying to look for the right word. Thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and it's funny because number three, little girl, has uh, a very crafty engineering-y type of brain and likes it. to save everything for potential future projects. I'm, I'm squinting with one eye and raising the eyebrow on the other side. Can you express in words the sentiment that that face is ex- intended to express? <laughs> What did you just say she was? Crafty. Crafty and engineering-y. Yeah, it makes me squint because what it means is there's science goo all over her room. Well, not only is she big on, you know, the slime trend, which did I send you that video about slime that like it's a, it's a, I think I sent it in a text link, but I'll send it to you again. That like, it's a thing with families across the country right now that kids like making different types of slime with different recipes. And it's like, just, it's a fad right now with tweens and I, I understand middle it. grades. I've just requested that these types of projects be done in the kitchen. Yes, you are correct. And she often does them in the kitchen or in the bathroom and then takes them back to her room. Yes, in containers that are not sealed and so forth. Yes, so, and not only that, but she she keeps all the little bits of what should be thrown away or recycled because she thinks that will make a cool part of some project. Yeah. And so we'll tell her to clean her room and she'll make it look better, but there's still piles of stuff and stacks of trash it's it's not a, it's not trash scattered across her floor anymore it's a nice neat stack of the trash but it's still a stack of trash it's often a ripped paper bag that's not the right size to fit that amount of trash in because when i clean her room i come out of there with two bags of trash and one bag of recycling mm-hmm. so she's got trash and the things she still wants crammed into a paper bag which i don't understand you like, you don't put a book and whatever else you need in there with all your snot rags. You know... But that's that's me. Yeah. So apparently you do. I do not. If you're 10 and it's in the way of your slime Fair. project. <laughs> and here's the, here's the thing that happens then. Because all the slime gets carried back to the room and the glue thing. She's really into glue. Um, this is the kid who in kindergarten asked our extended family, everybody asked what she wanted for her birthday. And all she said was glue. And they got her, you know, like glitter glue and glue sticks. And, and the one that she was so happy with... The big bottle of Elmer's. The big bottle of Elmer's. And she was like, eh, glitter glue, eh, colored glue, eh, special glue. I, I think the year before that it was 
tape. She wanted scotch tape. She wanted scotch tape. Yeah. And like, you know, again, they're getting her these um, specially designed tapes for like crafting and scrapbooking. And, and she's like, oh, scotch tape. <laughs> yeah. And I think our yeah. family didn't quite know what to do with her. Right. So the problem when all the goo things get carried back to the room is all of a sudden everything in the room is stuck together and stuck to the carpet and stuck to the wall and stuck to the TV and stuck to the bed and just and I have- stuck taught her how to use various goo-removing chemicals and the carpet cleaner to clean up after herself. Because she needs to. She does. But still, you clean her room about quarterly, and you do generally come out with between two and four bags of yeah, yeah. disposable. The one, there was one god-awful time I went for a long time letting her try to clean it herself and came out of there with way more bags than that. But Yeah. So I do. I just do it when she's not home. And I realize that she probably doesn't like that I take... My first rule is if you left it on the floor, I guess you didn't want it. And I've told I've told the kids that. Yes, all of them. Yes. And this is what I used to do for number one. And we called it the organization fairy. <laughs> Your face. You're yes, like, oh, I remember yes. that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I would pay a visit with the organization fairy. And I would basically empty out his room of anything that looked disorganized. <laughs> right. So I won't throw out the books if it's in a paper bag with snot rags or whatever. I do put all the books actually on the bookshelf. The fuck? I know. I don't know why they come off the bookshelf if they're going on the floor to hold goo upright, but whatever. (laughs) Uh, And I put them on the bookshelf the way that people put books on bookshelves in like libraries and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like not in an order, but upright, not stacked with goo shoved around them and socks and... Whatever. They're, they're not platforms. No, for they're not platforms. additional items to be stacked upon. Uh, additional items of goo. Um, <laughs> so if it's on the floor or if it's snippets and stuff of paper and packages and whatever, I throw it all away. Good. And if it's a partially done project that was on the floor and got stuck to goo, I throw it away. So anything, pretty much anything, I'd say probably... An eighth of her room, if you included the bed and the dresser and that, an eighth of her room gets out of there and goes into the trash every Sounds time about I right. Clean. It does sound about right. I'm just, you know, estimating my oh, yeah. percentage there. Yeah. Yeah, that so sounds I did, about right. That was one of the things I did. And when you were in there, you found something that was particularly interesting because a couple days before that, she and her brother, number two and number three, had been asking for oh, the glue gun mm. to complete a project just yeah. a few days before. Yeah. She was asking me, and you said, she asked you, and you said, you're going to have to ask George. George knows where the glue gun is because I put the glue guns where they can't find them for this reason. They disappear. So I said... I can look for it. And number two child said, it's in her room. I saw it under the desk. And I told her to go look there and she didn't find it. And so I got the other one out of the garage. When I was cleaning the room, it was there. It was under a lot of crap, which is why she didn't see it when she looked. But it was there. So I took it away because that's what I do. She she does admittedly have a genetic predisposition to be bad at looking for things. Yeah. I am also bad at looking for things. So speaking of which, you know that rubber disc flat thing that you uh, open jars with? Yes. Is it still in her room? Because I, I thought I took it out, but I can't find it anywhere and neither can number one child. I will look again. And so I thought I better just look in her room again. Right. And I think I mentioned, if I find it in your room, you owe me a chore. Mm-hmm. Because it needs to stop being in your room. We use that in the kitchen. Right. 
Or we... If she needs to ideally, use it, she needs to come down into the kitchen, use it, and put it back in the drawer before she goes off to do whatever nonsense she intends to do, goopy nonsense she intends to right. do thereafter. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, I, I'd like to use it in the kitchen anyway. Fair but, enough. Yeah, that's that's that thing. So additionally, while we're getting ready to go, we're also ordering our ribbons for Galley, which is a thing that happens. If anyone has been to any of these fanish conventions, it started at Galley, but it goes, you know, it's kind of a thing at a handful of others now too, that there are these ribbons that are attached to your name badge and they have a little sticky on them so that they hang underneath your name badge. And then some people will attach another ribbon to that ribbon and another one beneath that. And they become these long strings of ribbons and they become something of an informal currency. You trade them, you share them. They're kind of like trading cards. Uh, They provide opportunities for social interactions. They do. They're very fun. And, you know, they have quotes from the show or crossover geekiness or, you know, all sorts of fun things that you could have printed on these ribbons. Yes. By these printing companies. And once again this year, we brought the pronoun ribbons. Yes. And we had someone at registration putting them out there. And it has become, after last year and this year, uh, such a thing that somebody had thought that they were just being provided by Galley because someone, you know, at the desk had agreed to pass them out for us. Yes. And we had Jemint, our friend who we talked to last year, who talked with us on the show this time last year. And... They recruited a handful of other people as well um, who were going to pass out those ribbons, the pronoun ribbons. But the individual who was passing them out at registration had huge success, like because it seemed like it was just a thing that the con does, that everybody was taking them. And it was great to see everyone wearing them. And I even tweeted a picture of somebody, you know, a presenter on a panel from one of our favorite podcasts wearing one of these ribbons because, you know, it's important to identify pronouns, even for non-trans people, just to be a good ally. Mm-hmm. Yes. Last year, we gave out hardly any he's. Correct. We gave out a ton of she's and about half as many they's. And the only he's were for, you know, were taken by people who recognize that to be a need, either for their own trans status or for their familiarity with the gender nonconforming community. Okay. This year we ran out of he's. More folks were recognizing that. I think that's great. Yeah. And Jemint and I were DMing as we were preparing to go to con and they bought some ribbons too. And they were saying, oh yeah, men need to wear their effing ribbons. And I was like, yeah, they do. And so apparently we willed that into the universe and it happened and men wore their effing ribbons. There you go. You wore ribbons. I wore ribbons. Uh Uh-huh. We did. That was fun. Mm -hmm. Was there anything worth talking about at the con? Oh, we got to talk with Michaela from the Web of Queer, and we'll be distributing uh, the next episode that we do in two weeks. We'll be our interview with them. I'm sure there's things that were worth talking about, and my head is so full of snot that I don't know what they are right now. When they occur to you, text them to me over the course of the week, and we'll record next time. And and we'll make an effort to do that. I appreciate you. (coughs) Thank you, dear. You're welcome. So with my impending cough... I'm going to say that that's probably it for today. I think that can be it. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, 
iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening! We'll just try to make a short one. Okay. Yeah, slightly uh, less <clears throat> editing. Because there won't be that much to edit if it's short. I that guess. doesn't bother me. We'll see. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Ha, 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 ha.